0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on ESPN Radio, of course. All of our great stations all across the country. Series XM80, the ESPN app, and watch us on ESPN Radio. Two. Three football games in the NFL yesterday. Packers upset the Lions. Dallas destroys Washington, and San Francisco beats up on Seattle. CC Smalls, good morning. How was your Thanksgiving yesterday?
2: It was outstanding, and Ev Smalls, just so you guys know, the way we judge a successful Thanksgiving is properly dominating at the dinner table, but then also making sure that nobody goes to jail, nobody got hurt. I know it's a relatively low bar, but none of those things happened. so yesterday's Thanksgiving was absolutely a win.
3: Big win for me as well, you guys. Not only uh, was my family in town from St. Louis, uh, combining with my New Jersey family, which is the first time we, that's ever happened at Thanksgiving, but I'm still full from yesterday. So I'm with CC. If that's the measure of a great Thanksgiving is that you attack the dinner table, I think I won because I am still uncomfortable. What is this, 12 hours later?
1: <laughs> I don't feel great right now. I'm wearing paternity pants today, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's serious. I'm wearing the stretchy pants because I, I feel this. You know what? Screw it. I'm back. I'm back. I was out on Thanksgiving. (laughs) The food yesterday was so good in my house that I'm back. Now, I had a little bit of an issue. Uh, People got there too early and stayed too late, but nonetheless. Oh, uh, excuse
3: me. Go on.
1: uh, Well, when you have a 3.30 call time and people get there at 2 and you tell your wife you have like a 7 p.m. exit time and they don't leave till after 8, not ideal. Not ideal. I'm just saying that that was I didn't love that part of it. But the food, unbelievable. And let's just clarify one thing, because CeCe was on board with this. I was on board with this. Pat Costello, our producer, was anti it. The no breadcrumbs on the mac and cheese. What a difference it makes. It is so much better without the breadcrumbs. I was scarfing the mac and cheese yesterday. Really? Oh, So good. So good. Cece, what did, it, what did your menu end up being? I know I saw on Instagram, uh, Chris Canty 99 that you were all into those ducks, as you should be. It looked beautifully cooked. How was the menu, the final product for you?
2: Oh, it was outstanding. I mean, my wife, Mel, once again, chef's kiss. What she was able to do with those ducks, unbelievable. But also the mac and cheese, and she used about five or six different cheeses in it. This year, she threw a curveball on me and sprinkled in the smoked Gouda.
0: Ooh, oh, yes. Yes, Mel. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well Outstanding. done. Outstanding.
2: Outstanding. I mean, she had um some andouli sausage in the, the stuffing, Ooh. which was great. She also had the candy yams popping. My mom made the greens. Her mom had a sweet potato souffle. It was just phenomenal. And then, of course, It wouldn't be Thanksgiving dinner proper without Miss Geraldine from the church. So you guys know my mom is a pastor. Mm -hmm. One of her parishioners, Miss Geraldine, is known for making her pound cakes. Since my wife loves lemons, she makes a special lemon pound cake for my wife, Mel, and for all of us to enjoy on Thanksgiving. Phenomenal, bro. It was so good that my mother-in-law dipped into it for breakfast yesterday. We came down, I noticed a slice missing from the pound cake (laughs) and I looked (laughs) at my mother-in-law and she had the guilty look on her face. She said, I couldn't wait until after Thanksgiving. I had to get to this now. That's how good that damn pound cake is but it was an outstanding, outstanding spread. Well done to all the women in my family, my mother-in-law, my mom, my wife, of course, who is the owner of the Thanksgiving menu, it was it was just great. It was phenomenal. I can't ask for anything more. If a man asks for anything more, he's just flat out being greedy. Yesterday was great.
3: I saw, Cece, on your Instagram, the video you posted, as Evan mentioned, of those ducks. And I'm a big classic <laughs> Thanksgiving girl. Those ducks looked so good. They yeah. lo- I mean, they looked good enough to make me change the menu next year. I cannot believe how tasty those looked.
1: You know, by the way, for me, it was tricky on Thanksgiving, obviously, without my mother, Dorothy. Now, Dorothy's not my mother. Uh- <laughs> your, your black my mom, black Dorothy, mother, yeah? You know, your was, black mom, she, Dorothy, she, yeah? She was my first Thanksgiving, you was, you you my black mom, You not the radio Dorothy. host you
2: are today <laughs> without your black mother, Dorothy. <laughs> man, those at-risk white
1: billionaires, man. Oh. <laughs> I hope everybody said a prayer for them at their Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. Oh,
3: my gosh.
1: Oh, Jim Irsay. You got, you, got, you got to let
2: us get past this weekend, small. Like, come on. We can get,
1: we get, we get ride that one out through the weekend. Oh, I right? think we go, can go.
3: ride that one forever. I just still can't believe he said it out loud. <laughs>
1: oh, God. You know, it was emotional yesterday without my black mother, Dorothy, who's not it's my unreal. mother. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, how about the z- desserts? Everybody was good. We know the pound cake there. My wife made um, apple crumb cake and apple pie in addition to all the other cakes excellent absolutely excellent the um the, the pre uh, thanksgiving like nosh on the table great a tra- how do you say it? charcuterie board charcuterie thank you yeah um this truffle cheese Ooh! why are you squinting and like nasty That's, no you don't no like no no
3: I'm saying that sounds really good oh, it's yeah. a good squint yeah, it's, cheese, a, it's an impactful squint yeah I'm sure that
1: was cheap what my wife bought with that one that truffle cheese not at all <laughs> not, I can promise you that not at all and we, our fridge was so packed at the end of the night we are currently as I speak to you right now a turkey is in our oven not on because of the fact that we had no room to put it anywhere that's how past it's just the fresh Chilling was. in the oven? Yes.
3: Amazing.
1: Chilling in the oven. It was inc- Well, today
2: is the best day though, right? You know, like like I get it. Thanksgiving is amazing and the food and all that stuff, you're excited about it. But after having an additional day for all of the seasoning to set in with the food, you know it's gonna be better today, right? Like y'all do realize that the Thanksgiving food is gonna be better today. Like at some point over these next four hours or so, I'm gonna sneak into the kitchen <laughs> during a break and grab a King's Hawaiian bun or maybe mm. a couple of King's Hawaiian buns and get that turkey, uh, not the turkey, but the ham that we had yesterday mm. and put some sliced ham in between the, the King's Hawaiian rolls. Yeah, that is going to be the breakfast slider of champions. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It, it's, those, those things are so good. If you haven't had it, y'all need to treat yourselves to that because everybody's got a little leftover ham. I'm just telling you that is absolutely phenomenal. Being able to sprinkle that
3: in—that is such a veteran move by UCC with the with the Hawaiian rolls, the King Hawaiian rolls. And I wonder why we don't do that more throughout the year. Because you're right; it is the the day that we all look forward to. Whether it's the day after Thanksgiving, the day after Christmas, the day after Easter, whatever it may be, it's the leftover meat with the Hawaiian rolls. I know you don't like mayo, but I like a little Miracle Whip, a little mustard on mine. Hello, but why is it we- on that meat? Why don't we do that more often throughout the year? I think that we've really fumbled this as a society.
1: Well, I'm glad you opened this up. So let's hear from people. 888 ESPN, 888 888-729-3776. And the Dr. Pepper calling line, the best Thanksgiving leftover today. CC just gave you his. He's rocking the ham with the Hawaiian rolls. He's going to have them literally in about 10 minutes when we go to break already. for sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Small is saying add the mayo in there. What is the best Thanksgiving leftover? So can I ask you guys a question? How do you, go, how do you best go about the mac and cheese day after? Because in my head, you have to leave it out for a little bit to let it kind of get back to room temperature and then cook it. Am I wrong on this?
3: Okay, so in the spirit of the show, CC has been a very good teammate, and he self-reports on things that may upset us, right? Violations, if you will. Yes, yeah. yeah. I am self-reporting right now. The weirdest thing about me, one of the weirdest things about me, is that I don't eat leftovers. Oh, boy. Now, if it's oh meat— boy. I can do it. Like if it's a, a turkey or a ham, as we're talking about with the Hawaiian rolls, like that for some reason is okay. Mm-hmm. If something was hot and then gets cold, I can't reheat it. It makes me nauseous. Could you eat
1: it cold? No.
3: Like I've never had cold pizza. I will. I will never eat pasta second day. I know mm-hmm. it's weird. Go ahead. I know. Shame me. No, I, actually, I'm not mad at
2: this, Smalls. I'm, really? not, uh, mad it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad because that means that you're constantly making. From scratch, home-cooked meals, and I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. How could I begrudge you for that? That's you're, exactly right. You're in the right. kitchen, you're banging pots. I love that because <laughs> I love to eat. But uh, I, here's my thing. If you're going to go with the leftovers, the amateur move is to put the whole pan in and try to reheat it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't do that. Get a plate that's oven safe, put what you want on the plate, preheat your oven, and then you stick it in there for about five or ten minutes. That is the way to go. You don't want to ruin it for everybody else. And that that way, once you get to the end of the macaroni and cheese pan or the end of the stuffing pan, it's as hard as a brick because you've (laughs) warmed it up three or four different times. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is take the portion that you want, put it on your plate, Make sure it's a plate that's safe to go in the oven. You pop it in the oven five or ten minutes. There you go. Away we go. We got leftover plates. It's it's just like Thanksgiving Day, only a little bit better because them seasonings, the spices have set in an extra day. That's how you do it.
1: That is good advice. I'm still trying to understand Smalls' leftover take, though. So you're saying you would go out to eat at a restaurant.
3: I never take a doggy bag, ever. Never? Never.
1: Never. You don't look at that as wasted money? No. I mean, I know I'm it like seems. I'm like stunned right now.
3: I know it seems wasteful, and I know it seems. No, no, not
1: seems. It is wasteful. But
3: I just don't. I would rather not eat than have to open up the fridge and get the container with the condensation on top. Open it up, and then it has that weird smell. It's just not for me. So if, it's just were, not if for you were me.
1: hosting Thanksgiving yesterday, and you Every, all,
3: everybody's getting out of here with leftovers,
1: and you want nothing in your home.
3: Mm-mm.
1: Like that is what if you get a salad at a restaurant. It's an enormous salad. Does it
3: have dressing on it?
1: I don't know. What, I don't know. Because you then the right. next thing-
2: salad without dressing?
3: Well,
1: okay, i that's that's Well, that's the- yes. The- then yes. <laughs> good point. Yes. Of course it does. Great point. Yes.
3: But if you get the dressing mixed in, then the next day it's all wilty and weird.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that you one. Know Smalls. What I'm you saying? can't, you can't save a salad once you put the dressing no. on. No. But CC, you bring in leftovers, do you not? Bring home leftovers, I do you know, not? it's
3: weird. I'm so Yes, I'm, I'm,
2: okay with it. But Smalls let us know, like, she's okay if it's a meat, like if it's turkey, yeah. if it's ham, or in my case, duck. She's willing to reheat that. She just doesn't want to have anything to do with the size reheating the sides and I'm okay with that I have no problem with that as long as she's okay repurposing the main attraction which is the bird of honor or the ham then I'm okay with it it's okay she doesn't have you don't have to try to force leftovers on smalls if she doesn't like leftovers Uh, actually I'm a good
3: Uh. I'm a good family member a good significant other because that means you can have all
1: the leftovers I'm not gonna
3: fight you for it
2: that's, a, that's another I, great point. So I all. don't Thank understand great it. Point.
1: Crazy take. I know. Crazy take. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We are on Sportsline, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can get in on the Dr Pepper call in line or tweet us at unsports ESPN. All right. Obviously, there were three games yesterday in the NFL didn't necessarily give us the drama that we were hoping for, unless you were talking about people's reactions at halftime of the Dallas and Washington game to Dolly Parton. That gave us some drama on social media yesterday, but we will dive into the upset in Detroit and the destruction of their opposition by Dallas and San Francisco. Plus, get your calls in on the best Thanksgiving leftovers. Coming up, we're on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Hello, I'm Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. So we did have three games yesterday, of course. Packers? Upset the Lions, 29-22, not necessarily one that we saw coming this way, that's for sure. Jordan Love looked great with three touchdowns yesterday, passing. Jared Goff had three fumbles in this game, a really bad decision. Dan Campbell late on the fake punt in his own territory. Dallas destroys Washington, 45-10. Dak looks like a legit MVP candidate, 331 yards, four touchdowns. Their 13th straight home victory. Dak with 23 touchdowns, six picks on the year. And Deron Bland with his fifth interception return for a touchdown this season. An NFL record for pick sixes. And then the late game, we see uh, San Francisco beat up on Seattle 31-13. Brock Purdy with a touchdown and a pick. Christian McCaffrey all over the field. Two touchdowns rushing. Five receptions last night as well. CeCe, obviously, three big games yesterday. The results not as sexy as maybe we were hoping they would be. Biggest takeaway or takeaways from yesterday was what for you?
2: I was probably more surprised about the Lions-Packers game and that outcome than any of the other games. I, I mean, I felt like the 49ers would would have a chance to be able to dominate because they're fully healthy now, coming off of the bye week a few weeks ago. And then the Dallas Cowboys got the dysfunctional Washington Commanders rolling into town on a short week. So uh, I, I kind of expected the outcome of the later games. I did not anticipate that Detroit was going to come out flat yet again for the second time over the span of four days. But that's exactly what happened. The Packers scored on their first three possessions, and one of those was a sack fumble that ends up getting housed by uh, Jesse Owens. So it was a bad look by Green Bay. Uh, I mean, bad look by the Detroit Lions to to struggle against the Chicago Bears and rely on a late-game rally. And then to follow that up was struggling against the Green Bay Packers as well.
3: Yeah, that was the surprise to me, too, as well. Obviously, we assumed that San Francisco and Dallas would take care of business. I I think we thought that the third game might be the one that was the most closely contested out of the three, and that certainly wasn't the case. But yesterday, I was watching that first game with my family, guys, and I turned to my dad, and I was like, Jordan Love is going to do just enough this season – that the Packers are going to still be in that gray area with him where they, they think he could be the guy because of performances like we saw yesterday, but they're not a hundred percent sold on him. But he looked outstanding yesterday. I mean, the Packers were completely in control of that game. They never trailed some of those throws he was making laser like precision, precision. Yesterday, he was the quarterback that they anticipated he would be when they decided to draft him and make him Aaron Rodgers heir apparent. Now, on the other side of the football, uncharacteristic again from the Detroit Lions, not used to seeing them have so many mistakes, not used to seeing Jared Goff look so uncomposed. And as we get to this point in the season and through the playoffs – that's a little bit concerning for me if I'm a Detroit Lions fan. And I know it's Thanksgiving, and it wouldn't really be Thanksgiving without a Lions loss, but still, did not expect that from them <laughs> yesterday.
1: You know, coming up, we're going to do a little bit real or fake. Um, and I just I want to start us off now, brought to you by Farm Fresh Trees, uh, Christmas Trees this holiday season. Get the real trees, of course. Uh, get real, keep it real.com. CC, I'm going to start us off with this. And from that game yesterday, is it Jordan Love is for real? Which, which statement is closer to being the truth? Jordan Love is for real, or the Lions are fake?
2: uh i would say the jordan love is for real but i'm not gonna say it with my chest now he's played a lot better over the last four games they've got a three and one record he's got eight touchdowns and two interceptions it's trending in the right direction for jordan love and we knew it was going to be a work in progress and it goes to show you that it's hard to get better at football without playing football so with his first you know, real game action for a prolonged period of time. I, I thought he really came into his own. And credit on Matt LaFleur for being aggressive early on with the play call. In the first place, a shot down the field to Christian Watson. It really gets it going. When you take that kind of shot early on and you connect, it gives the quarterback all kinds of confidence and gives your team all kinds of momentum. So I thought that was brilliant by them. I thought another good, good um, uh, I guess, Aspect of what we saw from the Packers offense yesterday was relying on play action passing. Jordan Love was a nine of eleven for 151 yards and a touchdown on play action passing. When you're able to have the balance running the football with AJ Dillon and Jaden uh, um, uh, uh, Reed? Reed and yeah. others, I-, I think that makes a difference in terms of being able to give your quarterback, you know, that that uh, that that security blanket and not put pressure on him to make every single play. Jordan Love settled into a groove early on. The defense created some short fields with takeaways, and the Packers were able to get that thing to snowball for them in their favor. So, uh, again, I I think it's more about what the Green Bay Packers are doing and finding an identity around their young quarterback than it is about the Detroit Lions being fake. I think Detroit is still a good team, but good teams can't overcome seven turnovers across two games and come away with two wins. That's just not going to happen. They had four turnovers against the Bears and lucked out and won that one in the end. They had three turnovers yesterday, all on sack fumbles, and they end, one ends up being house for a touchdown by Jonathan Owens. They end up losing. So I I guess it's a situation where if you're Detroit, you can't have the you're not good enough to have those self-inflicting wounds and overcome them each and every week, especially against quality competition.
1: Eight 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 say ESPN. Your telephone number to join the show. Dr Pepper in line. We are unsportsmanlike. Presented by Progressive Insurance. People want to weigh in on best Thanksgiving leftovers today, as well as some of the football from yesterday. Lions pretenders or contenders? Is Jordan Love for real? Dak MVP candidate, Purdy MVP candidate, CMC maybe. I know Smalls pushed that earlier in the season, the idea of him as an MVP candidate. Roland in Virginia watching on ESPN2. What's up, Roland? Good morning, everyone. Morning, Roland. So glad you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. I'd just like to piggyback
2: on the after-day treats. There's nothing like Cajun fried turkey, and like Chris said, you get our ham Put it on that. Put it on that. wine roll with some honey. Ooh, Evan. It is. Honey, yes, sir.
0: You all stay blessed.
2: I love y'all. I watch y'all every day, and hope. And I'm going I love y'all and hey, go,
1: cowboy. We, we love you too. All right, Cece. What about the honey added to your sandwich that you're gonna make during the show today? I
2: ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that because, I mean, the ham has already got some honey on it, that honey-glazed ham. So it's already got some of that on there. So if you want to add some more, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying you could throw some cheddar cheese on there if you want to change it up a little bit. You could put some jelly on there if you wanted to, the cranberry if you wanted to. There's a lot of different ways you can go for the lubricant for your Kings Hawaiian roll with the ham on it. You can go a lot of different directions. The whole point being that the ham is going to taste that much better the day after, With all the seasoning set in, and then you put it on a King's Hawaiian Roll, let that be the vehicle for it, just because it's so easy to get to, right? And you can have about three or four of them Jones and not feel guilty. You know what I'm saying, Smalls? Because they're not very big. You, those are like White Castle burgers. You can okay. have a bunch of them and not feel guilty about it. Oh. That's how good it is.
3: They're snack sized. They're the perfectly there you go. sized little snack. And I'm very jealous that you're in a position right now that you could just during a commercial break, pop in the fridge and make
1: one. <laughs> I love how CC breaks it down as if he's breaking down the Cowboys secondary. He doesn't it- <laughs> Exact same way. There's no difference between the Hawaiian, the King's Hawaiian ham, and Daron Bland with a with a pick six yesterday.
3: Sometimes you have to make in perfect. snack adjustments, Just, you know what just I mean?
1: perfect. Exactly. Both of them got a whole lot of flavor. I put it that way. Both of <laughs> them got a whole lot. Whole Dante lot. in Orlando watching us on ESPN two. What's up, Dante? Hey, it's nice to talk to you all again. Hey, the best leftover snack is to take whatever you meet you got. We use uh we smoked the turkey, smoked the pork butt. And smoke the brisket, and it doesn't matter which meat you take. But what makes it is, is that you got to put the mac
5: and cheese with Ritz crackers, crushed Ritz crackers. Without the crackers, it's not mac and cheese.
1: Oh come on! On the Hawaiian bun, and boy, it's the best. You know what? You had me with you know saying the smoked turkey and the smoked ham and everything. You don't have to put Ritz crackers on there. That like the if ma- you have ridiculous. to put Ritz
2: crackers on your mac and cheese, it's not very good mac and cheese. That's right. It's not That's very right. good.
1: Really? I right. love good. A Ritz Yeah, guy. I'm going to do the football comp. You know what that is? That's running the Wildcat. You know why That's you run it. the there Wildcat? You, you run you the go. Wildcat because you don't actually have a quarterback. No team that has a quarterback runs the Wildcat. So, you know, that's the reality. If you have to put the Ritz crackers on it, you're running the wildcat. You have had yeah.
3: such a difficult or a, such a harsh pivot from the breadcrumbs because yesterday you were on the fence about this. No,
1: I said no. I was, I was I know, saying no. But you
3: were saying you didn't really know because you were the taste tester. Today you are hard and fast, no crackers, no breadcrumbs.
1: I mean, the mac and cheese I had last night was unbelievable. There were no breadcrumbs. And now he's saying to add Ritz crackers. Nothing against Ritz crackers, but they don't need to go in the mac and cheese. CeCe's right. Like the yeah, reality- they're not putting mac and yeah.
2: cheese on the Kings Hawaiian roll.
1: Yeah. That, what, that doesn't make any sense. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? That's fake, like the Christmas trees that you should not buy. Huh? And coming up, we will have real versus fake from yesterday's action, and it is Time for an incredibly important message this holiday season. Covey, Larry, my friends that are helping everybody be aware of what's going on because everybody's out there buying Christmas trees now, right? Today really is the day. I know a lot of people are going out there and getting their Christmas tree. Well, think about the American Christmas tree farmer when you're doing that because what happens is if you buy the fake tree, they could lose their job. Yes, that's for real. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and that means more jobs for the American farmer. Think about it logically, ladies and gentlemen. If you buy the fake tree, why would you need the farmer helping you plant the trees, grow the trees? They're going to lose jobs. You don't want to do that to them. And the real trees are safer for the environment. They cost less than a third of the price of the fake Christmas trees. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. And get more information online, plus participate in cool contests at GetRealKeepItReal.com. That's GetRealKeepItReal.com. Get your real Christmas trees this Christmas season.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions
5: apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: It is time for a little round of Real versus Fake, brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever real Christmas trees are sold. For more information, visit GetRealKeepItReal.com. So here's what we're going to do. If you were with us just a couple of days ago, we appreciate it, first of all. And if not, you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast, wherever podcasts are found. We had real versus fake questions, okay, leading into the Thursday games that we saw yesterday. Today, we are going to re-ask the exact same questions off of what we saw yesterday because... Has a lot changed or has nothing changed? We'll find out what's real, what's fake with Smalls.
3: First matchup we saw yesterday, boys, Packers at Lions. Jordan Love is the Packers' future quarterback. How are we feeling today, CeCe? Is that real or fake? I'm going to
2: say it's real Smalls. Again, not saying it with my chest, but just knowing the Green Bay Packers organization, they're not impetuous. They made a commitment to Jordan Love, and we saw how clunky things were at the end with Aaron Rodgers' tenure. But I think that commitment that that there's a return on the investment based on what we've seen over the last four games, Jordan Love has been great. You're talking about a dude that is absolutely balling eight touchdowns to only two interceptions, and you're talking about all of his numbers, all of the passing metrics being up. I think as he continues to grow, as his offense continues to find an identity, that decision to transition
1: from Aaron Rodgers is going to look better and better. I'm going to say, like the Christmas trees you should buy – Real. Because he's real cheap and the schedule is real easy. If you look at it, Jordan Love next year is under contract and the cap it is 7.7 million. You have a guy that over the last two games has five touchdowns, no interceptions, and two wins. And I understand they're not playing unbelievable teams. Well, at least initially with the Chargers. The Lions are pretty damn good and they won that game yesterday. But also... You know, I'm going to kind of look at this the way that CC has looked at some of the teams properly and, like, let me project ahead by looking at who's actually on their schedule. They have the Chiefs, okay? Obviously impossible. But then at the Giants, home against the Bucs, at the Panthers, at the Vikings, home against the Bears. The Packers may make the playoffs, and they didn't in, in Aaron wow. Rodgers last year. I'm not saying they're going to CC. I'm just saying we now have to put them back into the playoff conversation the same way you properly, yesterday was standing had that – Lions could be the number one, not because I think they're better than the Eagles, but because I think their schedule is easy, kind of thing, right? Mm hmm. Don't I have to do that with the Packers now outside of the Chiefs? Do I look at the rest of their schedule and saying there are wins to be had? So, yeah, he's the guy then based on that. Yeah,
2: yeah, but is their schedule easier than Minnesota's? I mean, who's falling out if the Packers are going to
1: get into the postseason? Well, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, I. I, I well, guess. that's what I I'm
1: mean. saying. They, if they hover. That's yeah. exactly what they did last year. Remember, 8-9, they lost that's that exactly final game it. of the season. That's exactly yeah.
2: it, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's exactly it.
1: So if you're getting there with a quarterback that probably costs twenty to $30 million less against the cap, and you're getting to the same place, then he's your future guy. Next one.
3: Yeah, real quick. Yeah, I, sorry, I, sorry. No, that's okay. I just wanted to say I know that he has been in the organization for longer than he's been the guy, and that that has been a determining factor for us in weighing whether we think he's going to be the franchise quarterback or not but I still go back to the fact that even though you're sitting behind somebody like Aaron Rodgers even though you're with the same coach the same system it's different when you're actually on the field and putting it into practice it's a totally different situation and so I think it was probably good for Packers fans to have a little bit of patience with Jordan Love in his first season because even though he started out strong stumbled a little bit as the season went on he seems to be finding his rhythm some of those throws yesterday that 37 yard run in the fourth quarter quarter he looked really good all right real or fake cc jared goff is a super bowl winning caliber
5: quarterback
2: I'm going to say it's real, although he hadn't covered himself in glory the last two games. He's got to find a way to protect the football. Six turnovers from Jared Goff in the last two games. I mean, he lost three fumbles yesterday. It's the first time Jared Goff has lost a fumble over the last 12 games. So, I mean, this is not something that we're accustomed to seeing from him. This is more of the outlier, the aberration. But Jared Goff has got to find a way to clean up his game if this team is going to realize their ceiling, which is contending for a championship going on a deep playoff run.
1: Couldn't agree more. Real. CC said it all. I, I defer. I, I give my time to him.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I still think that he could get it done. All right, the second game, Commanders at Cowboys. Real or fake? Sam Howell is the Commanders' future quarterback.
2: Man, that's as fake as a Gucci bag on Canal Street. Oh. Hey, he, he's not their guy. And, and guess what? With every loss, he's playing them into position to be able to draft the successor at quarterback, the future franchise quarterback for the Washington Commanders. I get that the game snowballed on them. The secondary for the Commanders is trash, and they were down by by double digits before they could blink, but that's still no excuse. I mean, he was pre- they were pressured 14 times, eight quarterback hits, four sacks. All of that ain't on the offensive line. A lot of that is on the quarterback. Get the ball out of your damn hands. <laughs> Sam Howell is not the future franchise quarterback for the Commanders. Forget about the empty calorie stats, the fact that he was leading the league in passing. None of that matters. He doesn't pass the eye test, and I think they'll be in position to get a better quarterback from a talent standpoint in the 2024 draft.
1: Totally agree. Like the Christmas trees you should not buy, absolutely fake. Here's what's real about Sam Howell. He could make it 10 years in the NFL. As a backup, as a spot starter, as a bridge guy for a few games, he ain't your franchise quarterback. Give me a break.
3: So we think Canal Howell can go like the Sam Darnold route? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Canal Something Howell. like it. Something like it. Something I, like it. I don't know, Susie. I think you might something have stumbled like
3: into it. a shady nickname there. All right, let's keep it moving. Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate after we saw yesterday. Is that real or fake?
2: I got to say it's real, Smalls. I got to say it's real. Dak Prescott was phenomenal, especially throwing the ball down the field on throws of 10 yards or more. The guy was, what, 10 of 16 for 242 yards in three touchdowns? It was great. I mean, seeing Dak push the ball down the field is a welcome sight for all Dallas Cowboys fans. It was an element that was kind of missing out of the vertical passing game. Going into yesterday's game, I think his average per, uh, per yards per attempt was the second lowest in his career. Uh, and so I, I think being able to push the ball down the field, getting Brandon Cooks involved, getting Jalen Tolbert involved, getting uh, Kayvon uh, Turpin involved, those are important plays because now you give opposing defenses another element to defend. And that's something that the Cowboys have been missing. Hopefully this gives their running game a little room to get going. But I thought yesterday Dak pushing the ball down the field was an important development
1: in that offense and their team's overall trajectory. Like the Christmas trees you should buy. That's real smalls. I mean, he is, he's leading the NFL in touchdown passes. He's ahead of Josh Allen. Now he's played more games, right? But he's ahead of Josh Allen, who has 22, Dak has 23, but he has half the amount of interceptions. Plus, th- right now, they're an 8-win football team with a 13-game home winning streak. And the touchdown, CC mentioned it, the touchdown that he had late in the game, now it was 31-10, so it didn't matter, but Kevontae Turpin's 34-yard pass that he received from Dak Prescott was one of those passes that literally the everybody's pu- finished with dessert, we're all sitting on the couch, and it's one of those hit the guy next to you, hit the guy next to you, like, whoa, did you just see that? It was a rope. It was a beautiful strike. Meant nothing unless you had a points total in that game, ESPN Bet, shout out there. But, like, he looked awesome yesterday. So, absolutely, I say real on that, Smalls.
3: Let's keep it moving. The last game in the slate, 49ers at Seahawks. Real or fake, Brock Purdy is back to being a serious MVP candidate. I'm going to
2: say real, but I don't feel great about it just because I saw what Brock Purdy was without his full complement of players. And when things are less than ideal is when I need MVPs to be able to step up. So I guess I'm holding that against him a little bit. I'm also holding it against him that I saw this offense with a similar core of players go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So I think that's always in the background and that becomes a part of the MVP campaign or the narrative around Brock Purdy. I just... I, I, I want to say real because he's a winning quarterback and, and right now there I believe the second seed in the NFC but I just I, it's, it's just something about it that doesn't make me feel great because I know that he's not the same quarterback when
1: he doesn't have the full supporting cast. I'm, ab- I'm also going to say real. It doesn't feel like he's going to win it right now, but it feels like he'll have an opportunity to win it. And, you know, I got to give Chris Canty's number one fan credit on something. That, of course, is my dad. Um, <laughs> my dad had a point yesterday that he made to me. Because I, can- I always say about Brock Purdy, and we've said on the show, he's a point guard. He just distributes the ball. And my dad's thing was, he's a point guard that doesn't want to shoot. Like, he doesn't have to be the one that makes the plays. And I thought that was a good way of looking at it. Like, the old-school pass-first point guard that if they take no shots during the course of the game, you still can win. Like, he's not looking to take shots for himself. He's just like, I have all these guys around here. Let me just give them the ball. So I say yes, but it like it feels like Dak is a bigger MVP candidate right yes.
3: now. Yeah, yes. absolutely. All right, last one, boys. And this one feels like it's going to be quick. Real or fake Seahawks, they're Super Bowl contenders. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that that's as fake as a cubic zirconia. It ain't gonna happen. Um, no, they're not Super Bowl contenders. I've said this before. I think Seattle is a year ahead. When you look at the average age of their starters, I wanna say they're, you know, top five in the league in terms of youngest average age of starters. Uh and and so I, I think there's still room to grow for the Seahawks team and there are going to be some some growing pains. There are going to be some moments like last night where it gets ugly early. Now, credit to them. They fought back in the second half. They were able to get the pick six to rally to get them back in the game, but they fell short situational football in the red zone, failed them on the offensive end. Um, again, I think there'll be a playoff team um, for, for the second consecutive year, but I don't think they're going to be able to go on a deep playoff run.
1: Agree, fake. CeCe, let me ask you a quick follow-up. You said if the Packers are in, in the hypothetical world, who's out? Could Seattle be the one that we take out? Is it possible?
2: Seattle could be the team that we take out. Their schedule is ugly times ugly. So maybe maybe, maybe it is. I mean, you look at the, the stretch for Seattle. They've got the Dallas Cowboys, the 49ers again, the Eagles. Okay, then it gets a little bit lighter after that. But that is a hellacious stretch of games that they're in. Again, the Cowboys on the road, 49ers again on the road, Oof. and then at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. So good luck.
1: Yeah, that that's the, the, that may be the team more than Minnesota. Real versus fake brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever real Christmas trees are sold. For more information, visit getrealkeepitreal.com. Coming up, a huge game in college football this weekend. Michigan, Ohio State. Who needs it more? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. tuned in for college football action tomorrow, LSU, Texas AM, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You know, I think it was late last week, maybe early this week. I don't even remember now. I apologize off the top of my head. One Chris Canty brought up the point, which was really juicy and interesting and got all of us thinking. He's squinting at me. He's like, what did I say exactly? I have no idea what he's about to say. Uh, And it was a really good point, which was, are we sure Ryan Day is not the one that we should be talking about in terms of his future more so than Harbaugh, right? That maybe actually Ryan Day is the one that has more on the line with all of this with the Michigan-Ohio State game tomorrow and everything going on than Harbaugh and we heard that we took a step back and like oh wow that's that's pretty interesting to think that that guy could be on the hot seat. Heather Dinitsch joined us, ESPN College Football reporter earlier this week and answered that question about how much pressure is Ryan Day under.
3: If they were to lose to Michigan, I think the scrutiny would absolutely intensify. It was at a peak last year when they lost to Michigan and Ohio State has not lost three straight to Michigan since 1990 whatever it was it's been a really long time so you don't want to have that dubious distinction but I think what's really bothering Ohio State fans is not just that they've lost to Michigan it's that Michigan has started to elbow the Buckeyes out in terms of the college football playoff spot they've earned that national spotlight next door to the Buckeyes as well so the pressure is tremendous. At
1: Ohio State, Ryan Day knows that. So, CC, everybody's talking Harbaugh. Should we be talking more Ryan Day going into tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I think we should. I mean, the last time that that happened where they lost three straight to Michigan was 95 through 97, and that was under Coach John Cooper, and that was essentially the beginning of the end because in 2001, Jim Trestle steps in. So, uh, again, when you lose that game You know, that many times in a row, it's viewed as an indictment on you as a coach, and I don't think there's any other way to frame it considering the talent that Ohio State is bringing to the party. The bar for them is competing for national championships, and they're going to have to get through Jim Harbaugh and Michigan in order to do it. Now, unfortunately for them, Michigan is a more talented team. So Ryan Day is going to have to be able to figure that out. But, I mean, think about this. Last year, he had C.J. Stroud and he had Marvin Harrison Jr., and they lost at home. They, those things can't happen, and you continue to keep your job. So I get the overall record. It looks shiny and sparkling. But if you don't beat Michigan at the end of the regular season, none of that matters.
3: I'm with you, CC. The bar at Ohio State is competing for slash winning national championships but it feels like if they don't get that accomplished, it's less offensive than it is to lose to Michigan. Let's go back to our friend, friend of the show, Heather Dinnett. She has a great piece up at .com. And she has this nugget up in her article that I think really illustrates how important this game is to both teams. Heather writes, there's a section in Ohio State's football building dedicated to college football's greatest rivalry. A Michigan helmet and an Ohio State helmet are mounted on each side of a countdown clock that runs year-round, ticking down the seconds until the game. So every time the student-athletes at Ohio State walk into that football building, they're reminded of this particular matchup and the weight that this carries. And if you continuously lose to your rival when this game means this much – Of course your seat's going to be hot. Now, I think it's foolish for them to consider moving on from Ryan Day because of the position that he has this program in. And just because you are a storied program doesn't mean that any coach can come in and be as effective. But I do think that if he loses yet again to Michigan, especially without Jim Harbaugh, there are people that are going to be banging the table and want Ryan Day to be held accountable for it.
1: Here's what I find to be crazy with this whole thing. Ohio State and Michigan fans both would rather win this game than win a national championship.
3: That's what I'm saying.
1: I I just don't understand that. Like, we talk about rivalries all the time in sports. CeCe has told us stories about the nastiness of the Raven-Steelers rivalry when he played in it. Like, it is just the nastiest thing in the world. But if I said to you at that time, CeCe, you're going to go 0-2 against the Steelers, but you're going to win the Super Bowl— of course you're going to sign up for it. The Michigan and Ohio State fan, would, I believe, would take the win against the other one versus winning it all. And yet they're both in the mix now to win it all. I'm not saying Michigan Ohio State is overrated. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it is not the most important game. You know what it is when you're this good? The college football playoff games. That's more important. Now, I get it. You can't get there, we don't think, this year without winning this game unless something else happens. But again, I don't want to come off, C.C., like I'm saying this is overrated, but it's just not more important. It shouldn't be more important for these teams than winning it all this year when you're this good and this close.
2: Yeah, but Ryan Day hadn't won it all. Like, it's different if you're bringing a national championship to the party or even a national championship game appearance. That's not the case. Like, they lost to Georgia last year. Now. It's because of the kicker and nobody else, and, 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 I, and I get it. But, I mean, still, the results are the results. And so, if you're Ryan Day, w- what do you have to hang your hat on when it comes to high-end winning at Ohio State? You're talking about a program where there's no shortage of money when it comes to NIL. You have the best of the facilities. You, you have a huge recruiting budget. Like You have everything that you need to get the players that you need to have, the coaching staff that you need to have in order to have success – When is it going to happen for Ryan Day? When are they going to finally break through? It feels like Michigan is yet just another hurdle that they can't get past in order to get to where they want to go. And if they lose this weekend, that's only reinforcing the idea that it might not ever happen under Ryan Day. So I guess my whole point is for a program that would be able to attract the best and brightest candidates in terms of head coaches in the college football landscape – I think it's on the board that you consider moving on from Ryan Day this offseason if he doesn't win the game on
1: Saturday. Wow. That is as strong of a statement as you're gonna have, but I know, I think a lot of people probably agree with you. I think I think that then they're looking at it like too much, like he's fifty-five and six or fifty-six and five, whatever he is, as a head coach. Now as we sit here today. Obviously it's very tricky because we don't know the other results. Like if Alabama loses this weekend and you know, or Georgia loses to Alabama and if they don't lose in an SEC title game or whatever it may be. Do we assume this is an elimination elimination game tomorrow? Do we assume whoever loses is out?
3: It feels like it.
1: No matter yeah. what. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's a wrap. Yeah. It's I'm making this up. It's 21-20. One of the two teams wins. It's a wrap.
3: Yeah, I think it's a wrap. I think it is too. Yeah, I think not, the committee not, they, would, would, would eliminate yeah. one or the other.
2: Yeah, I think Ohio State Ohio State has a little more margin just because they have a stronger strength of schedule. But I think e- if either one of these teams loses, they're going to be out of
1: the playoff. Michigan has no argument. Hey, we lost by one point. We didn't have a head coach. Our no. head coach would have made up the one no. point. No. They, no, they have an <laughs> they're argument. They're looking for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they have an
3: argument, but that doesn't mean they're going to win the trial.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if you were just to look at the four best teams in America, though, Forget them playing each other. Do you think these two are within the four best teams in America? No doubt. CeCe? Yeah. You do? I'm with you on that one. I
2: think so. I think so.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we got Michigan-Ohio State tomorrow, obviously. We have the Ryan Day part of it that CeCe just mentioned, which is basically we're focusing not on the wrong coach, but both coaches need a focus here, a focal point, because this one, Ryan Day, the one that's going to be in the game tomorrow is certainly something to keep an eye on in terms of his job security and his future. Coming up, will an NFL head coach be fired tonight? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on SiriusXM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.